Good morning, everyone. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Amanda, and I'm the Care and Connect Director here at South Shore. And I'm really excited to share with you what I feel like is on my heart today. Um, first of all, I just want to say for any of you who've seen last week's message, I feel like that was a really unfair setup for me. Um, I don't have any fun musical instruments, and I was a little <laughs> annoyed that I was going to be the one to follow that because I have nothing that fun to present to you. <laughs> but, uh, but maybe we could talk to Rox about, you know, some harmonica in the bridge of any of our songs. I don't know. Maybe pray about it? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I am going to pray, though, before we start. God, what I want to share today about care um, just really sat on my heart so heavily today during this last song because, God, your love is a love that's just too great to ignore, um, too great to partner with, God. And we are so grateful that we have the opportunity to do that. So as I go into this talk, as I share what I feel like you've put on my heart, God, I pray that you would just open up new spaces in our hearts, God, that we would become so focused on your mission and the things that you're calling us to do and the love that you just want to pour out into our communities and into our world and in our families. God, I pray that um, as I'm talking about how you care for us, that we would in turn care for others in a deeper way, in a way that is connected to the love and strength that we can draw from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I felt like that last song was a really beautiful, just set up. Um, for my talk today. I think this is as high as it's going to go, so we're just going to go with that. <laughs> um, we've been talking the last few weeks about the values of our church. Um, these values help us to create environments where people can encounter God. I feel like you've heard that one or two times, maybe six, twelve times. Um, so Adam first talked about the value of invitation. And invitation is something that should be extended often and everywhere. An invitation into a conversation, into a place, into a prayer. And then last week, Tommy, with his fun props of harmonicas, <laughs> also talked to us about grow. That as disciples and as learners, we should always be asking God what he wants us to take away from a situation always looking for opportunities to become a little more like Jesus. So, by process of elimination, today, we're going to talk about care. This week, I'm going to finish up our series because the outcome of care is to create these environments where people can encounter God. Because when we feel cared for, when people feel cared for, that opens up a space where God can meet people in a special way. This is what happens when we love and care for each other well in our homes, in our workspaces, in our community, and in our own church. So 
So I want to start off by asking you to think about a time where you felt truly cared for. What did it entail? And how did it make you feel? And now I want you to think of a time when someone, as we all do because we're human beings, missed the mark. How did you feel then? And what was your response? When I looked up the definition of care, I found several. Um, but there was this one that I was really drawn to the most. And we're going to throw up a slide um, so I can share it with you. And the definition of care that I wanted to share with you today is to feel concern or interest and attach importance to something. I really like that, attach importance to something. I love that this definition goes beyond a needs-based response. To feel concerned when there's need or interest and then attach importance to something. No matter what we do, the way we live our life reflects what we care about, what we have importance, what we attach importance to. We just do this without thinking while we live, while we go out into the world and you know, go through our, our daily rhythms. This is just reflected in what we care about. So I think a really important question we need to ask throughout our day is, am I attaching importance to the things that Jesus would if he were in my shoes right now. We've all seen the person that we know in the grocery store and we say, I don't have time to stop and talk to them or this could be a really awkward encounter. And we've all passed by a person in need because of discomfort or time crunch. But Jesus always valued people. And where we give our time and use our gifts shows who or what we give importance to. We cannot create environments where people encounter God without caring about the things that he cares about. People. Spoiler alert. If you have your, uh, your Bibles, turn with me to First Peter. We're going to start in chapter 4 and read 9 through 11 together. I believe this offers some guidance on how to care well. So 1 Peter 4 starts with, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so with the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So that in all things... God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. So let's jump back to verse 9 really quick. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. This always requires some sort of sacrifice. Time, comfort, energy, understanding. If it's easy or convenient, I think we need to dig a little bit deeper because that's not particularly the life Jesus is calling us to live. Jesus calls us and demonstrates himself this life of sacrificial living. That is what his life embodied. Living that isn't all about my time, my success, my comfort, my happiness, my convenience, or my finances. And he calls us to do it with our whole hearts, without grumbling. 
I feel the weight of that, <laughs> those times when I want to help, but then I also want to complain about it and complain about how much time it takes or complain about, you know, the things that I've sacrificed to step in and do what God is calling me to do. But he's not only asking us to do what he's asked these things. He's asking us to do it with the right heart and without grumbling. Now, there's no shortage of guidance on how to do this. Um, throughout the Bible. If we look further into scriptures, we see that in Galatians 6, 2, it says, bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. Now, the law of Christ goes back to Mark 12, 29 through 31, where Jesus is being asked, well, what is the greatest commandment? What is the most important thing? And that's when Jesus responds with love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we fulfill this by bearing one another's burdens. We care for one another the way that Christ cares for us. To carry one another's burdens requires getting in the trenches. It means listening to the story behind the burden. This is not a random act of kindness, although I do believe in those. I think random act of kindnesses are fun and they're important and that's something we should be doing too. But this goes a little bit deeper than that. It means listening well and being present in order to see how God wants us to care in a situation. I experienced an act of care that really stuck out to me at the end of the summer. I had been having a particularly hard week. I was worn out by the constant busyness of having my three kids at home. I was trying to keep them from being at each other's throats. I was trying to get my work done. And we had been quarantined for the second time in a month. And I was done. I was done. So my best friend commiserated with me over the phone, and the next time I saw her, she had a gift for me. This was going to be my prop, but of course I forgot it because I forget things all the time. Uh, <laughs> it was a new bird feeder, and this one was particularly designed for goldfinches, which happened to be my favorites. And what was so fun about this gift is it wasn't, you know, a candle or a dunks card or a bottle of wine. Though drop these off anytime because those are great gifts too. Um, but I love my backyard birds. And I set it up and the goldfinches came immediately to their feeder. And it was just, it was just a beautiful moment because this gift not only was special coming from her and she knew I would love it, but she knew me, she knew my story, she knew my heart, and she knew that this one would be particularly special to me. And when I was reflecting on that moment, I thought, God, that's how God wants to care for us. That's how he wants us to care for others because God knows our hearts and he knows our story. He sees every circumstance, and we see this throughout the Old and the New Testament. In many healing encounters, it was not just a physical healing, um, though that's important too, but it was an emotional healing. It was something where God knew the deeper pain, and he healed that too. Forgiveness was granted to the man who was paralyzed as well as he was healed. Hurt and pain was recognized at the woman at the well. And he saw who they were and he spoke into their lives in a way that left them changed because of how he cared for them. This is the kind of love and care that extends, that his presence extends today. 
through the Holy Spirit and through his people when we partner with him. Operating in the Spirit allows us to see beyond our narrow perspective and beyond our limited understanding. My friend Chris Gronlin once told me that she described this to her kids as Jesus goggles. She always had a fun way of describing things. This is when we look around and we ask Jesus, what are you up to here? And we try to see things with his eyes. So let's talk about what this looks like to create a culture of care in our individual lives. First and foremost, make space for God. Going back to verse 11, we see the call to this. We see, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. This is all about drawing from the strength and the wisdom that God will always provide to operate in this way in order for our words and actions to reflect God's heart, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot pass on what is not in your own heart. If we eat good nourishing foods, our bodies have the energy to do the things that we want to do throughout the day. If there's no air in our lungs, we cannot breathe. He fills us up and we can pour out. He fills us up, and we pour out. <laughs> that sounded a lot better without a microphone, <laughs> but you get me. You get what I'm saying. We have to be intentional about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Without this, we operate on our own limited perspective and human strength. Then, we need to walk slowly and be present where we are, listening for his voice, being aware of his nudges, and asking what he's up to in our everyday lives. This is the example that Jesus set. He was thoughtful, and his care was intentional. So we start to make space for God, and now we need to make space for others. Verse 10, bouncing around this passage a little bit. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I love that it's in various forms because it's, again, acknowledging that we're all a little different. We all have these gifts that we get to use when we partner with God. This also requires margin and intentionality. Is anyone seeing a theme here? A theme that is so dramatically countercultural. If my life is so busy that I can't make time to love and serve others, that is an indicator that something is out of balance. We live in a world that being busy is a badge of honor and success. But what happens when God asks us to stop what we are doing and listen to a friend who is going through a hard time or mow the yard down the street or take an extra kid to and from sports or what happens when he prompts us to stop in the grocery store and say hello to that person that you know you've walked to the next aisle to avoid <laughs> because I totally haven't done that, <laughs> but I have. Um, we have been given this, this certain gifts and passions that Jesus calls us to, 
to honor and glorify him. Philippians 2.4, again, more guidance here. Do not look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. We are called to care time and time again. And when we care, we steward our gifts well. For us, in my family, one thing this meant was intentionally investing in our home to make a space that hosts good conversation, good hospitality, a place where people can feel at ease and welcome. We completed last fall, and by we completed, I mean the guy who we paid to complete it, um, a kitchen renovation that completely opened up our space and brightened our space. And we dreamed together, believe it or not, those of you who know him, Josh Cabral dreamed this too. (laughs) We dreamed of this space, and we wrote scriptures on the walls before they were closed up that said, God, you are welcome here, and people are welcome here, and we're investing in this place so that people can come here and feel loved because that's what we feel that's where we felt like God wanted us to steward our gifts a friend of mine shared that he makes space in his budget specifically to care for people he had a friend who was going in and out of Boston for doctor's visits so he sent them a gas gift card so they would feel cared for He knew that someone had a particularly hard week at school, so he sent money for coffee. He also shared how someone had made a significant donation for his team to go out to lunch, which made the team feel seen and appreciated. All of these examples are as a result of listening and noticing and then doing. These also all required some kind of space to be made and sacrifice of some sort. So ask God, what is going on around you? How can you steward your gifts to care for others well, to attach importance to the things that he wants us to pay attention to? So as a part of the series on values, we've also been talking about how this looks for us corporately. As a church, what are we doing to create a culture of care? And I wanted to break it down today into three areas. So the first one is we create spaces where people feel welcome. We try to build a hospitable environment. When someone feels welcome from the start, it lays a foundation of care, a foundation for us to learn and love someone's story and where they're coming from. It's important to us that we are creating, inviting spaces through our teams, through the way we do things in our physical space to the best of our ability. We will continue to train and build our hospitality and welcome teams. We're bringing back coffee and tea at some point soon, so there's going to be a more inviting space to linger before and after the service. Team building and vision casting are very important, but it absolutely does not stop there. Spoiler alert, again, you guys are all a part of this team. (laughs) A culture of care needs to be a priority for each and every person in this church family. This is first and foremost God's house. But we are the ones who are responsible for hosting his presence here and hosting a culture of care practical application. If you sit down next to someone who you don't know, say hi and introduce yourself. 
Thank you. So there's, there's actually so many of you that I see doing this regularly on a Sunday morning, people who go beyond, above and beyond to care for our space well and care for people who are walking into the room and moving slowly through the room. Thank you for leading by example. For those of you, for some of you, this may feel a little more difficult, and you're absolutely not alone. You are not alone. But God asks us to do things that sometimes make us step out of our comfort zones, and he is walking right there along with you and us. If you are challenged by this, this means it's an area where God wants you to step out and grow because it's a call for each and every one of us. So let's see what God has for you in this. This is kind of an aside, but I think it's part of creating welcoming, hospitable spaces. If you are in this house and you have conflict with someone, please work it out. We cannot create environments and, cult- and a culture of care where anger and unforgiveness fester below the surface. You are not expected to sweep it under the rug or fake it. You are not. People and relationships are important to God, and they're important to us. You've all walked into social and family gatherings where there's no outward conflict, but you know there's something there. It changes the environment. So let's make this a priority in order to create a culture of care. And if you need help sorting this out, there are leaders, there are staff members. We're happy to walk alongside you. Unity is important, and doing our best to work out conflict is important. So we work together to build welcoming environments in our gatherings. So second, we meet, did I just, no, I'm good, sorry, okay. We meet practical needs. Care warrants both emotional and practical responses. We care in practical ways. When someone is ill or has some sort of challenge that requires a lot of juggling in their household, we, send, we start a meal train and we drop off meals. We send birthday cards, and I'm thinking of you cards. We send thank you gifts and care packages to kids in the hospital, diapers to families having babies. We send pizzas to families starting school last September. We show up for yard work. We show up. We show up to meet needs. We want our actions to communicate that people are important to God and important to us. We work alongside teams that help facilitate these acts of care that meet practical needs. And if you are particularly a person who's inclined to care through acts of service, because this really is like a giftedness area. We are not excused from this, but some of us are just more inclined and think more creatively and meet those needs in a very natural way. I would love to hear from you. So we can build this together. Our benevolent fund provides limited financial gifts to individuals who are experiencing challenges during a certain season. This can help alleviate. We support various organizations that meet emotional and practical needs of those in our community. We come alongside InterVarsity, which cares for the college student population. Lynn Ministries, which is, which is a, an organization that serves people who are experiencing um, homelessness. We partner with The Well, a center for hope and healing, and many others. We hear people's stories, and we try to meet practical needs. And then lastly, we meet spiritual needs. We all have seasons where we feel stuck, 
from hurt or lies or labels or the effects of our family patterns or upbringing. Or maybe they aren't just seasons. We see that we have done things in a way or responded to life in a way that isn't particularly aligned with what God is calling us to do. There are many tools that we have that help us move forward from these areas when we feel stuck and a team of leaders who are willing to walk alongside to pray and listen and care. Maybe you're interested in having these tools in your tool belt, or maybe you're experiencing habits or patterns that make you feel stuck spiritually. So in the near future, we'll be starting up these short-term, six weeks or so, group discussions where we can explore these tools and help us to sort through these patterns and create new ones. They'll have a limited size, so everyone will have a chance to engage, but together, we can listen and reflect with the Holy Spirit and allow his presence to heal those areas where we feel stuck. We hear people's stories and we care. So these are the areas of care that we focus on as a church body, but caring well begins with us as individuals. What are we attaching importance to each and every day? There's only one law of Christ, love God and love people. These are the most important things. So we have to get in the game. There are too many people sitting on the sidelines distracted by things that should not have a front seat in your life. There are too many hurting people, too many lonely people, too many people who are struggling to get by for the church to be distracted. Sometimes we see dire situations in our community and beyond that we don't understand or we don't agree with or we don't want to see. But the reality is God cares about people. It is our job to ask how he's moving and love others in the way that he loves us. Even because it's probably going to be uncomfortable and messy. When we get in the game, we have the chance to remind people of who they are, that they have value and purpose, that we are all worthy to be loved by that deep, healing love of God. This may be a time where you have to make a few adjustments in your life, and you're not alone. We should all be constantly assessing the things that God is calling us to do and setting aside the things that we are not. This is just a lifelong thing. But do not sit on the sidelines, and do not wait to do it tomorrow. That is just not who the church is called to be. Let's be people that show up. We need to show up. So to close, I want us to take a few minutes to listen to the Holy Spirit because he's really the one with all the words that we need to hear, which takes the pressure off me a little bit. <laughs> Ask God where you can partner with him in your life right now. Where is he moving in your community? Is there a need in your local school, in your workplace, in the person sitting next to you? 
If you are feeling low on compassion and care, ask God what's going on there, because that's also real, too. If you are feeling low on compassion and care, take the time to fill up. Talk to someone close to you. Reflect with God and work that out. Because God will always work it out and show us what we need to do. Let's ask God what we need to do to realign so we can fill up with his Holy Spirit and be people who care in a way that only Jesus can show us how to do. So I'm going to pray. God, your love is so much deeper than we could ever imagine. And your love meets us in a way that sometimes we don't even expect you're going to do, and then you do it and we're changed by it. just fall on you right now and you would feel that movement that you would feel his presence take these things from your head to your heart only he knows how to do that only he knows your story in a way that's going to do that God, we pray that your presence would fill us in a way that we can pour out into the world with the love that changes lives and hearts, circumstances, situations, God. And we thank you that we don't have to do this on our own, that I don't have to think, what am I going to do that's going to make a difference? Because that's just not how you work. You give us what we need. You know the stories. So I pray that that pressure would just be released for anyone who's feeling that pressure. You're just, you're released of that. There's no pressure. Your one job is to love God and then love people. Thank you, Jesus.